Hello everyone, this is Andre, the co-founder of Twins Tours and Travel in Jerusalem in Israel, born into a Christian Maronite family, and I'm a licensed tour guide and an ordained minister of the gospel. I have been leading numerous groups throughout the Holy Land for almost 20 years. Also, I'm an author of several books, and you can find them in Amazon. And one of the first books I wrote called One Friday in Jerusalem speaks about my life story. So join me for a journey of 10 days to understand the heart and the mind of Jesus and to understand the Bible in a deeper way with more details through the Middle Eastern perspective. Please share this podcast with your friends and families and churches and connect with me if you have any questions. I grew up on the streets of the Via Dolorosa. You know what is the Via Dolorosa? The way of the cross, where Jesus went all the way from condemnation, all the way to Calvary. And there are so many stations that he passed through. And as a young happy boy from young age, seven, eight years old, I used to play on the streets of Jerusalem. Now, they are not the best streets, they are not the most, uh, like, they are all, everything is made of stone in Jerusalem. So I'm trying to bring you, because not many of you went to Jerusalem. How many of you have been in Israel, Jerusalem? Oh, quite good, all right. But for the others, I'm trying to bring Jerusalem to you this morning. And it's all stones, there's no green. When I was here driving, I was looking from the window and the mountains, Everything was green. I can smell even the trees. Even no single tree in Jerusalem. It's old stones. So that was my playground. And it's 14 stations where Jesus went from all the way from condemnation, passed through to crucifixion. Calvary is one block from my home. And I used to go all the time to pray since I was a young child. And playing on the streets, hide and seek with my twin brother, and seeing pillars from the first century, second century, old pillars, and there were people from all over the world coming to walk through the Via Dolorosa. They carry the cross, and it's a prayer journey. And there are so many American tourists coming, and Jerusalem is like a maze, now you get lost when you go to the streets of Jerusalem, and that's part of the adventure. And <laughs> most, most of the tourists who got lost were American tourists. I don't know why, maybe they were <laughs> most adventurous. They want to explore more. And as a young, happy boy, they used to ask me, where is this, where is Calvary? Show me here, show me there. Please take us to this destination. And I used to go and help them as a happy boy. And I remember they used to give me chocolate, M&M chocolate. And I loved it so much. So at one stage, one stage, I was like, please Lord, please Lord, let them ask me questions. I want chocolate. So <laughs> after, after I showed them their destination, with a smile, I said, do you have chocolate on you? They said no. So I got the experience to have cards of my address and give them the cards. When they go back home, they send me chocolate. Anyway, so, 
So it became my way of life. It became that it's my vocation to show people, Westerners, their destination in the Middle East. And we, Palestinian Christians, especially the Maronites, we are protectors of Westerners throughout history. The Crusaders, when they came here, we showed them the area. When Queen Helena came here in the fourth century, we showed them the area. Because we Maronites, our ancestors is the early church. We belong all the way back to the first, second, third, fourth century in the Middle East. This is where Christianity started, right? But we are in small numbers throughout history. Even in the Byzantine period, in the Crusader period, even in the Turkish period. All right? We were as minorities. And I want to tell you, like a metaphor, we are like a jewel in the hand of God. And the Holy Spirit nowadays is polishing this jewel. And our voices is becoming all over the world. Have you heard about what's happening in the Middle East, in Syria? The Aramaic Christians that are having persecution from ISIS? These are my brothers and sisters. I belong to that community. And as my Pastor Scotty mentioned, we speak several languages. And one of the languages is Aramaic, which is also part of what Jesus spoke. So that community today is known all over the world because of persecution. And we, I tell you, we pray for more persecution. Because with more persecution, there is more grace. And what happens? The Lord gets glorified. I belong to that early church, but that does not make me special, all right? That does not make you different. What makes you different if you have accepted the Lord Jesus in your life and got saved and have a personal relationship? So as a young boy playing in the streets of Jerusalem, I went to a Catholic school and we learned French, that, in the school. And I remember the priest was sharing in class. And he was telling us that Jesus was Palestinian. And he was speaking Aramaic. And one time, I heard one of my friends in the playground at school saying that Jesus was Jewish. I was in a shock. I don't know if you understand. The one who I love the most, Jesus Christ, I give my life for him. He is a Jew. He's like my enemy. The worst enemies for us Palestinians are the Jews. And the one who I love the most, I care about is a Jew. I was so much in a shock that I left the playground. I ran away back home. My school from home is like seven minutes, all right? <laughs> and I went to my dad. My dad has his own chair, and he was big, all right? And he was having his nap. So I choked him, Father, 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 was Jesus Jewish? He opened his eyes, said yes, and closed his eyes. <laughs> I was in another shock. Even my father saying that Jesus was a Jew. So I told him, Dad, you know what? Maybe his mom only, not his father. I tried to find an excuse, all right? And said, no, his mom and his father were Jewish. 
And from that moment, I took a decision in my life to study the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. And it brought more clarity, more understanding to my Christian walk. I became a stronger Christian. Because if you want to understand someone, you have to go back to his culture, right? You have to go to the customs of the first century. You have to go to the context of scripture. And if you love someone so much, you know, you need to know about his culture. For example, I'm married to Marie. She's American, right? When I first got engaged to her, I said, I have to go to the States to learn about her culture. I had another culture shock, all right? <laughs> Where she lives in Maryland, there is only churches and trees and nothing more. You don't see people. <laughs> and I got so bored. It's so boring. And you have to drive everywhere. Anyway, so in order to understand her, I learned her language. Because I want to communicate with her. In order to understand Jesus Christ as a Jew, it's so important to know the culture, to know his language, and to communicate with him. So the more I communicate with Marie, the more I understand her. The more we communicate through scripture, the more we understand Jesus. And we know his background as a Jew and the culture and the custom and the context of scripture from the first century it's going to confirm your faith it's going to correct your understanding and bring more clarity for scripture I finished school and I went to the university Bethlehem University you know Bethlehem where Jesus was born right and it's only 20 minutes. Everything, everything in Israel is like 40 minutes, all right? <laughs> Wherever you go, all right? So Bethlehem was only 20 minutes from Jerusalem. And I started to study business administration. And that was during the first intifada. You know, we have riots in the part of the world. We have our own problems. We have conflict. Today, it's quiet. Today is like any stage that's quiet you never know what's going to happen next but that was during the first intifada there were riots in the university and the situation was so depressive we have to study big huge books economic books and we have a lot of exams and the army was coming and there was a lot of throwing of stones and shooting and like this so it was not the best atmosphere to study and i was depressed because I said there is something more than that. The situation is so terrible in the university. And I'm tired of that. And when I was entering to the cafeteria of the university, there was a bunch of students sitting together at one corner, and they were all the time happy. They took my attention. Every time I go there, there's a bunch of the same students that they are happy. So I was so much jealous. All right? And I went and approached them and told them, I want to know the secret. Why you are so happy like this? There is shooting outside. It's so depressive. It's so dark. And why you are so happy? They said, we are Christians. I told them, I'm a Christian too, but I'm not happy like this. No, there is more than that. Tell me. And they said, we are believers. We have personal relationship with Christ. So I grew up as a Maronite Christian. All right? I grew up in a church all my life, but didn't have the personal relationship until age 
17 in the university. And one of the students told me, repeat this sentence after me. And after I repeated the sentence and accepted the Lord Christ in my life and said these words, I felt the complete peace in me. That peace of the kingdom of heaven and the power of God gave me so much to be content and to be so much happy. And I joined the group of friends, of believers. Next week, I was leading the meetings and being part of the solution, not the problem. Instead of throwing stones on the soldiers, on the enemies, on the Jews, I was on my knees praying for the soldiers and for the enemies and brought a lot of joy to my life. And there is two milestones that took place. And I started to become stronger, stronger Christian, stronger believer in a place of conflict. And you have to understand, we Christians are minorities among Muslims and Jews. We are in kind of in between. But we love everyone there. We bring the peace for both of them. And there was a calling on my life. And I didn't discover it at that time in the university. And two milestones that took place in my life. 2001, in the heart of Jerusalem, in Zion Square, West Jerusalem, I was with my friend. It was almost midnight. And, you know, I was a Christian, but not so strong, all right? Learning, growing, and learning about the Lord. And I had like one beer at that time. And with my friend, it was midnight, everyone hang out in the streets, and I had a gut feeling inside me there's something wrong gonna happen. I didn't know what was it, but it was so strong on me. And I looked around, the situation was a little bit tense. The atmosphere, you know, sometimes when you move to a place and you feel in your gut feeling there's something wrong there, I had the same feeling. And I was walking with my friend, and suddenly I hear a voice coming to my ears. And the voice said so clearly, Andre, move away right now. I did not listen. The voice came after two seconds stronger like an order. Andre, move right now. I thought my friend is whispering on my ears. He was far. I was not drunk at that time. It's only one beer. <laughs> so I felt there's something like wrong there so suddenly after another four seconds i felt someone pushing me to the other side i thought my friend is pushing i looked he's following me it was the holy spirit i didn't know that at that moment moved me away from the crowd three seconds later a bomb attack took place you can google it 2001 zion square 18 people were killed. You know, the first time I would taste death, I'm so young. The first time I looked at myself, I looked from my toes all the way up, I was complete. I said, Lord, because you saved me, I'm going to give you my life. And from those moments, I became a very strong, dedicated Christian. I saw my life as a movie, as a vision colored 
so quick. What did I achieve? Nothing. And then I had the same feeling. Andre, do not move. Because I saw the crowds running to the other side. And I know that if a bomb attack took place, there might be another one. So I stood still, all right? And I saw the crowds running the other way. Another bomb attack took place. So the camp did not know where to go. That's the terrorist mindset to bring confusion among the people. And I said, like, if they catch me here, uh, they will eat me. Because I'm a Palestinian among the Jews, right? If they think I'm a Christian and Palestinian, and they find me here, everything is tense. So I took a bypass, and from the bypass went all the way to the old city. It's 15 minutes through Newgate, through my school. And I went home, closed the home. My mom was awake, and I went to bed. I thought, like, they were all asleep, but she was awake. And... She came to me and said, is everything okay? I said, yes, mom, everything is okay. It took me six months to tell them what happened. And then they watched the news, and I was scared. It took me another three months to pass that street. And they watched the news next day, and my mom knew that I was in that area. And that was a big milestone. At that moment, I didn't understand still my calling. Because I was almost going to die because of a fanatic Muslim. What did I do? I didn't do anything wrong. I have a lot of Muslim friends and Jewish friends. And why, Lord, you put me in these situations? You know, Christians, I tell you, we're cowards, all right? <laughs> we run away from problems, all right? But I said, Lord, why me? Why me? I kept asking and asking and asking. And another milestone in my life that I used to have an old car and I drive to West Bank. You know what's West Bank? That's Palestinian area. And I used to fix my car because it's old car. They only know how to fix it there. And there were some settlers. You know who are the settlers? The settlers are also fanatic Jews, all right, that live in West Bank, all right? And they have their homes. And they have guns. And uh, that, week, uh, that week, I don't want to scare you. Now everything is going great now. Like, things are not, I'm speaking about the first intifada and the second intifada, the peak. All right. And at uh, that week, we don't watch the news much because we live in it every day. It's going to become normal for us. And I didn't watch the news. That week, two Palestinians shooted two settlers in Hebron. And... When I went with my car to fix it, the settlers made fake checkpoints, which means they create a checkpoint and stop everyone to catch Palestinians, all right? And of course, if the Israeli soldiers come, they will run away. But I didn't know what's happening, so I was on the car approaching the checkpoint. Now, from our features, they can know. So, because I'm a Christian, my feature is more Westerners in a way not completely like Muslims, all right, because we're Christians. And they're coming to me, and I see the father from far looking at me with his eyes full of hatred. Then I see a complete family, young kids, starting to collect stones and throw it on the car. Now I started to get scared. 
Not much, but I was okay. And then I saw the mom, the mother, brought a slab of stone like this on the window of my car. Thank the Lord. The glass did not was not destroyed. Then I see the father coming and putting his hands on the gun and approaching me from a distance like this. And I looked at his eyes. I saw the hatred in his eyes. I was still smiling because I have Jesus in my life. And I showed him that I'm not feeling afraid. I'm safe. All right. And then he was approaching me, approaching me, and putting his hands on the gun. And when he was like two meters from me, there's nothing to do. I started to pray. Nothing else you can do when in these moments. And the moment I finished prayers, I opened my eyes. A police car, Jewish army came from nowhere, and all of these settlers in seconds vanished. Because if they catch them, they will be in prison. Because what they're doing is not legal. And here, I was almost going to die and taste death for a second time by a Jewish settler, by a Jew. He said, Lord, why me? Is not enough from the Muslims and now come from the Jews? Why me? Why I'm caught in between? And after so many years, it took me so many years to realize the calling on my life. To realize as Christians, Palestinians living in Jerusalem, we are the peacemakers between the Jews and the Muslims. Even the Christian quarter in the old cities between the Muslim quarter and the Jewish quarter. And today, my best friend is a Jew that ride in an army tank nearby Gaza. And he is saved by the blood of Christ. Despite all the bad news you hear, there's good things happening. There are Jews coming to Christ. There are Muslims coming to Christ. And my calling was to disciple them. And I was involved and still involved in some ministries for discipleship. And I knew why the Lord had put me in these positions. Despite it's very hard to grow up as a Palestinian caught in between. But when you grow up, the Bible will become alive. And it becomes so much real, which my life completely changed when I accepted him. And he saved me from death for several times. And I tell you, when we meet the Muslims accepting Jesus Christ and Jews accepting Jesus Christ, that's the reconciliation. That's the heart of God. When we meet together, the presence of the Holy Spirit is there. Unity, that's the solution. Not politics, all right, in the Middle East. It's we need more Christians to pray for Jerusalem. It's a commandment in the Bible for them to know Jesus Christ as a Savior. And you know what? Their hearts will melt. I have so many stories about Muslims that they said we did not know. Our families lied to us. We lived in a lie. They did not tell us the truth. They said to hate you Christians. We never knew that your God is a God of love. You know, you don't have to say anything. Just show them love. Because they've been hurted. The core of the conflict is between Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael was born in the flesh. 
Remember Abraham and Sarah, the Old Testament? Isaac was born in the spirit. And there are promises for Ishmael. Read Genesis. There are promises for Isaac. But they have to go back to know Christ to reach their promises in their lives. Reconciliation. That's the heart of God to us today. And this is what Jerusalem needs. Look what's written in Ephesians 2, 14, 15. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. This is the heart of God. Whatever is your background, he wants us to repent. Because when we repent, we bring down the kingdom of heaven. Look verse 15. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people for the two groups. So the solution, the solution is only Jesus Christ. And it's not politics. And there are growing number of believers inside the old city of Jerusalem. Despite what you hear in the news, always the news is bad, right? The news is like terrifying and it's hard. No, there are great things. The Lord's hands and the Holy Spirit is a spirit of hope, a spirit of encouragement, and a spirit of reconciliation. So whenever you see Jerusalem or you remember about Jerusalem and Israel, pray, pray for their, those Muslims to know Christ. Pray for the Jews to know Jesus Christ. And that will bring back the kingdom of heaven on earth. And who is the king? And Jesus is our king. And we are part of the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is increasing. Increasing slowly but steadily till the king come back. I love being here and seeing the worship country music and worshiping about the Jordan River and how we're longing back for Christ to come. And it's one kingdom. So we need the church in the West to pray with the church in the East. We are like brothers and sisters. We need each others. All right? So remember, whenever God put in your heart, pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for people to get saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.